Welcome to Strong Business, Stronger Marriage, where we are your host, Corey and Jojo Rankin. We have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs and have found the secret sauce to creating a successful business and a happy marriage. We have found that as you take care of your marriage at home, your profits will grow and increase in the business. We help entrepreneurs take care of their marriage. We help couples that are feel like they're losing their marriage all the way to couples that have an amazing marriage. The entrepreneur journey can be lonely, and we will bring on guests that will give you the knowledge, tools, tips that you need to find peace at home in your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage or your business because you really can have a strong business and a stronger marriage. To schedule a complimentary marriage deep dive, go to rfamilystrong.best and it's the letter R, familystrong.best. Strong business, stronger marriage. We are back to with you for another episode of podcast. And we have a really fabulous guest here today. He's a husband. He's a father. He's got three young children, which is perfect because we have five young children and we understand the challenges of parenting young children and really balancing family and entrepreneurship. But he is the founder of, of Drop Funnels, Jordan. We are so thrilled to have you here with us today. Tell the world about yourself a little bit. Give yourself a little introduction. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Jordan Metterick. People call me Jordo. It's kind of the, the name that I somehow society remembers. So I kind of stick with it. So the founder of Drop Funnels. And so I've been in the marketing game for a very long time and I've got a young family and I love your guys' mission on this podcast to kind of help try to strike balance between the two and find uh, ways that you can impact the world and do very well financially, but not sell your soul or your family at the same time. So I love that mission. And so, yeah, I've run um, multiple different businesses, had a couple exits and, but really things started from humble beginnings. My dad's a pastor, my mom's a teacher. So there was nothing special about us. We're very salt of the earth. I like to say that the silver spoon that we ate from came from goodwill. So it all, it all <laughs> yeah, but you know, with that, I knew that if we came from a family of seven, so if, with so many kids in the house, knowing that like, if I wanted to do something bigger, I'd have to do something different. And for, I think anyone who has the entrepreneurial bug where you catch yes. that, it will never go away. So anyone listening now who feels like you have that, trust me, it will never end. You may as well succumb to it and embrace it because it can change your life and it can change a lot of things for you. And so I got bit by the bug and had really been doing a lot of marketing and really where, where drop funnels came from was out of this desire to make things simpler and more clear. And I was using various platforms to run my previous businesses and I was building it on WordPress and we'd build sites and funnels and all those types of things that you would normally use to be marketing your brand. And, you know, WordPress is, is very powerful as a platform. So it powers 34% of the internet. It's very scalable. It has some of the best SEO architecture in the world so you can rank your content online, right? So you can get organic leads and sales. So it has the technology, but it's very technological. You better be a coder. You better have a team because good luck trying to figure it out that way. You know, and then about six years ago, six, maybe seven years ago, a bunch of platforms came out to try to solve that issue around custom coded platform where kind of like ClickFunnels and Kartra and Kajabi and these types of places. And they all are very powerful softwares and they have a, this psychology around conversions and sales where you can send traffic to a sales funnel and 
it spits out a customer or a lead, right? That's the method to grow any business online is through the power of a sales funnel. It's very powerful, but the technology has got all these kind of hidden little bugs in it. These little curses that pages load super slow. So you're really overspending on traffic. If you're doing paid media, your pages can't rank in Google. So you're missing out on all that organic traffic. You are even the URL structure, for example, doesn't give you any real from a tech side without getting too nerdy on everybody. Uh, <laughs> doesn't give you real domain authority. So it's kind of like having a bullhorn and standing on a corner to sell your stuff instead of actually having a business in a building that people can come to and buy things from you, right? It's like the flash pan versus the strong foundations. So I realized, okay, over here on the sales funnel side, they have the psychology, but not the tech. And WordPress as a basic foundation, and you know, this isn't your grandpa's WordPress, it has the technology, but not the psychology. So I decided one day in early 2019, I was like, why don't I just combine these two and make it really simple? No code, drag and drop everything, no programming knowledge. You don't really have to have a team and you can build almost anything that you want. Sites, sales funnels, you can deliver courses just like, like Kajabi. There's link trackers. You can have lead quizzes, kind of like those old BuzzSumo quizzes. If you guys remember like, hey, which Kardashian are you, right? Yeah. You can build those and generate leads you know, into your business as well. And come to find out, no one had done it before. And so sometimes you strike on something new in a way to combine two different ideas. And then we launched, we grew by about 10.4x 2020. We'll probably triple this year, probably double next year. And things are moving very quickly. So that's my foray and pretty much the long story short. No, that's exciting. Jojo, she's her brother and my brother-in-law are both computer programmers and, and developers. And so if we've had help there, but I understand how challenging that can be. I know I've talked to a lot of fresh entrepreneurs that felt bound by the strengths that they had on their tech skills. And so that's fabulous that you were able to combine two useful ideas and methods that people are already having success with and bring it in into one. And so that is wonderful. Tell us a little bit more about you and your family. How'd you meet your wife? Uh, I went to college in Branson, Missouri, actually, at College of the Ozarks, which is a, it's a school that you actually work your way through instead of paying tuition. So you graduate debt-free. And so that was very enticing to me growing up. So I went there and I actually met her. I was her boss at the Disney store. So we were working down there at the Branson Landing. There's this outdoor mall and we worked together. And I always said that I had to quit so that I could date her, but we ended up dating there for a while. We got married after about two years and now we've got three, three boys, five, two, and something like nine weeks old. So we've got a very fresh baby as well. And so running, you know, a multi-million dollar brand on top of kids and a wife and time and all of that and balancing it is always a feat, but I'm learning each day how to embrace that pressure. Well, that is good. And that is one of the biggest barriers that Jojo and I encounter as we help these entrepreneurs restructure and optimize and really make sure that their family stays the top priority. Because what good is building a business and getting to the top if we do it at the expense of our family? And that's often what we run into when we deal with a lot of entrepreneurs is they grind so hard they got this idea and they forget to share it with their spouse or they, they build it with their team and their family starts to feel second place or kind of mm -hmm. be put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So Jordan, does your wife play any role in the business or does she have any um, 
desire to play a role in the business? The answer to both is no. Uh, she has no desire to be involved in business, and right. I respect that by uh, And most letting... of our listeners are there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone that there's, generally speaking, you don't have to combine both worlds all the time. Yes. Right? If you don't have the desire to do that, I'm not going to put her on support tickets or make her yep. do what she doesn't want to do. Right. My job as the leader is to empower a life that we all love and can grow into. And, and, you know, she's a nurse actually by trade, but ever since, you know, the business has done well and she's got the boys, she's just really fallen in love with the concept of homeschooling them, really just watching out for them while I work and giving me the time that I need. So yeah. I'd say that that's as much a support system that the, that the spouse, whether it's the guy or the girl, whatever, that there is kind of like a division of powers. I think that that's an important part that in a specific time, it's important to divide and conquer. And I love that model of spouses who can work together on a business and make that happen. That's amazing. But for those who don't feel like they have that on, she does not have the entrepreneurial bug. She just wants, she wants to raise, raise kids and do all that. And so my job is to empower her to let her do that. And yeah. so that's what well, we do. And I love how you said, like, we both don't have to. And I think that's right. important to focus on. If you both want to be in the business together, then you take your role. But if you don't want to be in the business together, you still take a role. So if Corey and I, let's say that there's one task that needs to be done, but we're both trying to tread in that same lane, we're just going to be stumbling across each other. In business, outside of business, it's the same principle. Like if you are able to say, okay, this is your lane, go ahead, feel free. And this is your lane, go ahead, feel free. Then you're not treading the same water and you're actually making progress, whether it's home or whether it's business, it doesn't really matter when you have that communication and the ability to still support each other. That's what truly matters. I want to challenge everyone that is hearing this today or will hear it in the future is that every family dynamic is a little bit different. Everybody's needs and desires are a little bit different. But one thing I want to challenge everyone that is listening is give your spouse and give your children an invitation to participate in the business. And when I say an invitation to participate in the business, I'm not talking about give them the calendar link and they schedule all the appointments and order all the supplies yeah. and stuff like that. But the invitation that I'm talking about is to be present, to know what's going on in the business, to have a say when dad schedules his work meetings, when to have a say that our children have football today. So you need to be off work so you can be to that or allow your children to play a role and be like, dad, I want to be on the social media or whatever. Cause we can find a role for our family, whatever level, big or small, if they want zero involvement, at least give them an invitation to sit down and have a planning meeting with you. Cause every successful entrepreneur that I know of, they have goals, they have targets, they have planning, they have systems for their team but we don't often have that in our home and the relationships that we have. And so one thing that entrepreneurs, you might experience it for the listeners. You might experience this personally that either your spouse doesn't know how to support you and you might feel like they're not supporting you or they don't want to support, but usually it's just, they don't know how. And so if we will have team meetings in our home where our spouse and our children can be invited to give their input, when should dad or mom's work schedule be? When should we make sure it's only family time? When should daddy be done working that day? As an entrepreneur, we have control of our schedule a lot of the time 
time for those things. And so my challenge for everyone is to allow your family to be involved. Give them that invitation. If they just want to be involved in the planning, then that's fabulous. If they want to play a role in lead generation or whatever else in the business, then have a conversation how and what that would look like. And just going off of that too, I think we've shared this many times with our listeners, but having targets that include the family. So we all have business targets, right? And you go through them all the time, quarterly, weekly, monthly, whatever. But if you include something that your spouse seems as important, a family target, bring it into the business target. Put it on there so you're keeping track of what the family target is. So for instance, for us, our family target is to be more intentional with our kids. So we give it a number, a scale every day. And then during our meeting, our quarterly, weekly meeting, then we talk about how did we do like as parents this week, or if our sons, we have four boys and one girl. And so if our boys said, you know what, you guys weren't as present this week, that's one of the things we need to include into our targets. How are we going to increase our presentness as parents inside of our targets for our business? So that way it's something we're constantly reviewing. And our business has been a tremendous blessing for our family because there's time a few weeks ago, it was 6.30 in the morning. My five-year-old said, daddy, can I do your business? That means he wanted to do a Facebook live or he wanted to work on some of the graphics I was working on. And that's really exciting for them. They find a lot of value when I've included them. And there's other times when they'll come in, my door will be open, my, I do all my work in my bedroom. My children will come in and say, Daddy, can I have some time? And I'll stop and I'll play blocks with them. And so I really have allowed my children to have a role in my business. If they want to participate, if they want to be on podcasts, if they want to help me write books or content creation, then I'll let them. And if they just want daddy time, then I'll stop working and put that for another day. And And I think another important factor, sorry, we're talking so much, but I think another important factor is that you get to see their entrepreneurial bug if they have one. Ours, well, he's almost nine. He wrote a book at seven years old and he wrote his first book before we wrote our first books. And so it's interesting to see because he's been on podcasts by himself because of his entrepreneurial bug. And it's, it's interesting to see that some kids, they have it young, you know, and they might as well grow it, right? One of my biggest thrills as an entrepreneur is just seeing families that have it all. They have that thriving marriage. They have that business. They have the life that they desire now, not one day, but now. So Jordan, tell us a little bit more. I know as we talked before I pushed record, some of the things we talked about is the family and the balance and building that generational wealth. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. How, what are some things that you do for balancing your home that is leading towards generational wealth? I'm not the balanced one. I would say Julia is the balanced one and she's got her head on far straighter than me. I'm very crooked in my neck. It's not quite <laughs> on straight, but my goal, and actually there's, um, you guys are probably familiar, probably many of your listeners are if, if they're deep into this topic, but Jeremy Pryor with uh, Family Teams has, he actually started a, he's really into this model of Family Teams and, and creating uh, a lot of that balance and having a thriving business while having a, a great family. He actually had a business that it was called Epiphio. It was a video animation studio and he exited from that and then went into like a lot of speaking consulting him and jefferson bethke which he's had a couple big viral videos are very much on that on that model so we've learned a lot from them when it comes to building wealth i think really it's provided that you institute between you and your spouse some rules of engagement some boundaries and barriers 
Like for example, if my door is shut, no one comes in period. Don't come in today. That rule it's funny now, but it was not funny earlier today. My two-year-old, no, my five-year-old busted in and I wasn't even watching. I was just like deep into it. He was breaking the rule, but I was into something. He came in, in the middle of what I was doing, shut my computer off. He just hit the little button, shut off everything that was going on. And it is kind of, it is funny, but it's also another reminder of how important it is for us to instill and create strong boundaries when that needs to happen, right? So that the person who is responsible for creating that wealth and that game plan and implementing on it can do what they need to do. And in the same way that once I'm outside of the boundary or the container that I set, then it means that I can be present with them even more actively. My five-year-old's in T-ball now, so we leave early on T-ball days and we'll do something completely different. And the rest of the night is all family time. I actually spend more time with my family than probably most entrepreneurs do because I just build that into it, right? I, right. I don't really work more than six hours a day at the most. And we, uh, we actually grabbed an RV because that was what Julia really wanted to go travel and see some state parks and stuff. So, you know, we'll take off maybe a week or a month at a time or, and go do that. And I can mostly work from the road, which is good. Yeah. Um, but to create multi-generational wealth, I think, and if anyone wants to grab the book, it's, uh, I think it's actually called Family Teams but, by Jeremy Pryor, but really talks about this Eastern versus Western viewpoint of how we raise our families in a business in a kind of a business perspective that the Eastern view of the entire Eastern part of the world, it's very multi-generational. You could, you could name your great, great grandparents and know what they did and where they were born and what they like to do. I don't know anything about really my heritage, you know, cause the West, we kind of restart the clock. The whole purpose generally is you have kids and you send them off, then they go start their own thing. And then that cascades. The problem with the Western view is that you are restarting the amortization clock. It's like refinancing your home. And so your, your interest payments start over. There's no compound growth. But you look at even Hebrew or Jewish-based families like the Rockefellers and Mark Zuckerberg is Jewish by lineage and lots of big examples of people who subscribe to that view, in many cases, they're able to pass along or they've been passed to them some piece of an asset or something to carry on and shepherd that forward. So to create multi-generational wealth is you have to think multi-generationally. You have to think differently than I'm going to build this and exit it. You know, I think we all kind of want our kids to take over, but then the kids don't want to do that. Yeah. It's, I think it's often it's because we're not raising them to be stewarded in, in that way to carry on that lineage. So I know that's kind of a, a long way to go about it, but I think it starts with the leaders in the home, starts with the, the parents to usher in a vision for that. You know, what does it look like to be entrepreneurial and to own a business as even as a kid, as you mentioned, start a lemonade stand, do a paper route. Yeah. I, uh, we had a garage sale one day and I had my, one of my kids help me out all day long and he earned enough money to go buy some stuff that he wanted to do and giving him those opportunities is fun and uh, teaching them the value of hard work, right. And, yes. and value creation, asset management, and that can all start very early. So that's a long way to say that, you know, boundaries, containers, but also mixing in and teaching them young is important. No, that's fabulous. There's three things I want to highlight from that response. You talked about containers and you talked about building the container and then living inside the container. That is something that we miss a lot of times. We don't 
have those clearly defined times that will work. We don't have those clearly defined times where we'll be family time and the times often when that happens, now it's six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night and we're still working. We haven't had dinner with family and now the kids are going to bed and we've missed those things. And so if we will design those containers, design those boundaries, whatever makes the most sense for our family, but as we communicate it with our spouse and our children and allow a family council to be what and how those containers are defined, that's where we really can find a lot of success. So that's one thing I wanted to highlight. The next thing I wanted to highlight was vision. You talked about teaching your kids vision, having vision. We all have visions as an entrepreneur in the business, but we don't often have a vision for the family. What do we want to have as far as children? What do we want our freedom to be? Where do we want to live? How do we want to be able to travel? Those kind of things are all important. And depending on what the answers are to those questions, how many children do we want? What kind of house do we want to live? Where do we want to live? How do we want to travel? Those kind of things. If we have the answers to those questions, now we can build the business that we want that will give us the lifestyle that we want now instead of one day. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is just the responsibility. As parents, if we love and we include our children and just educate them in what we're doing and why we're doing and how things are working, you really can put such a high level and a high advantage for your children. Life is hard, especially for youth nowadays. And the kids are talking um, about things that young children may not need to learn about at school. There's a lot of bullying. There's just a lot of unkindness and the world needs more love. And if we can start in the home by teaching principles and hard work and that vision, the kids in elementary school and high school and junior high are, are going to be much further along. And so I, I really like your explanation about the family time and building that legacy in our family and talking young. And so let's talk a little bit more about if that's what we want for our family, what, what's the future of marketing? What um, should we expect to progress into? I know we've had some COVID times and restrictions and people have had to adapt online and change and everybody's had to reestablish a new normal. What are some of the things that entrepreneurs should start to look out for as far as the future of marketing? Well, I think for anyone, I'm kind of hardcore about this. So like get prepared. If you are embracing the responsibility of owning a business and providing for your family and doing those types of things, you can't afford not to be in an incredible marketer. You can't afford not to do it. Because marketing is how the business grows and getting really clear on that. I can't tell you how many people we work with that say, oh, I'm, I'm tech challenged, so I can't do it. Or I don't know how to use this. So I, I'm not going to do it. It's, you have to completely change the viewpoint that, you know, you couldn't use an iPhone before you bought your iPhone and now you can use an iPhone, right? It's a matter of diving into embrace. As uh, Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle is the way that everything you want is on the other side of the obstacle. So in the world of marketing, everything is really turning into this like third era of marketing where consumers now customers are more educated and they have access to more information than ever before. In the previous phase, when we're talking about used car salesmen, 
you'd walk in there and that guy would sling you a hunk of junk and you would, you would uh, get to hear from him what the best thing for you to buy is and why. And now you don't even go in to find out what you want to buy. You know, the exact car, the color, the brand, you know, exactly what you're going to spend on it. You're pre-financed. You walk in and say, I'll take that one after a, a test drive. And that's how it's done now because information is in the hand now of the world. So you have to leverage that into being, to having a true strong foundation online. And what I suggest for most people who don't have anything online yet, I really, I call it the rule of one. So you should have one primary offer, all roads can lead to, right? You could have several products, right? Specifically in the coaching, consulting course, service provider space, one offer, specifically a high ticket offer between 3k and 10k. It's a very scalable way to have a, a primary offer that can help a specific target demographic to grow. So that's one offer, one audience, right? So when people are doing two different businesses, I can tell you from a, a mile away that they're not both doing well. They're both suffering, right? Yep. You don't start with two businesses. You can earn two businesses by getting one up and running, right? But when you are doing multiple things at once, it's like two plants being watered, but you're not watering them from two water jugs. You're watering them from one, which is you and your time, your energy, your capital. So they're both starving. Right. So when we say one offer, one audience, you know, to focus in on one zone of people who you can help one funnel or what a funnel is, is a path. And really what, what we suggest is what I call an authority funnel An authority funnel starts with a page that tells everything about what you do and how you help people. And there's no links all over the place, social media stuff or any of that stuff that can siphon leads off of your site. Instead, there's one primary call to call to action button that is reiterated throughout the entire page. And that is to go to your one offer. For most people, it's going to be a consultation call or a strategy call, that type of a thing. But if you're selling a course, literally link directly to a VSL and a sales page that tells what your course offers, who it's for, and how it works. That's really the three first primary rules of one. And then what I suggest for the last one is having one primary traffic source. Can't tell you how many times people think they have to master YouTube and TikTok and Facebook right. and LinkedIn. One. Pick one and you will master it in 10 times at 10 times the speed as separating your focus. So between those things, one offer, one audience, one path or one funnel, and the one traffic source, you find that if that is your thing and you wake up every day and say, I'm going to make that better every day, it's so little to focus on. It can't help but scale. And it turns it into a very much a marketing machine instead of what I call the field of dreams mentality. You know, if you build it, they will come, which is just not the case. It doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, it doesn't exactly. happen. So that's my suggestion as marketing moves forward. That's a fantastic way to think about it is life is complicated enough. And if we can simplify things, that, that is fabulous. One thing that you really have that piqued my interest in is your sequence for, for scaling and predictable scaling. Your, tell us more about, you told us about your rule of one. Now let's hear about your rule of three and 10. Yeah. So this comes from the founder of Rakuten, which is a, an Asian company. I think they actually own buy.com or they used to be buy and they acquired them, but his name is Mikitani. And he found that there's, there are these systems, these little breaks that you're going to find happen in your business. And we see that what you need now is not what you're going to need at the next level and the next level. It's different things. So we find that the rule of three and 10, pretty much your revenue 
limits on your revenue, but also on your growth are directly contained within these rules of three and 10. So traditionally you would, your revenue at about a thousand bucks a month, and there's certain things you have to do to hit a thousand bucks a month, right? It can almost happen by accident, right? But to get to 3K requires a very clear offer. Then you'll often find that there's a glass ceiling beyond that. Then 10K, 30K, 100K, 300, a million, and so on and so forth. And you'll find that if you're, say, in the 10K per month bucket, to get to 30K, necessarily do more of the exact same thing, or else you're going to keep getting what you've gotten. You need to be doing some different things. You need to be scaling with more team and even higher level offers and, and diversifying yourself a bit. But if you're at 100K a month or so, and you've scaled to that level to get to 300, you need mass customer acquisition, which is typically paid traffic, joint ventures, big podcast stuff. But that's a traffic play, right? By that point, you've already dialed in your offer. You know who you're serving. You have a, a feeder funnel or an authority funnel. You have the things that you've done earlier on. Now to scale to that next tier just requires something different, a new skill set to learn. So it becomes very predictable what is required at each one of these tiers. And so if you find yourself stuck at 3K a month about or 10K per month, and it's been that way for a long time, it means you've been doing the same things for so long that's going to keep you there. So if you keep doing it, it's not going to create business growth. It's going to keep you at that limit. So you have to do something different, a different set of ingredients to get scaled to the next container. That is just such a fabulous thing. And I know your time is precious and I want to keep you much longer, but share with the listeners what are one or two things that you would recommend that all entrepreneurs should implement now to make sure that they can scale or grow to a level that they desire to? I would say this, it's speed and clarity, speed and clarity. If you are uber, uber clear on what you do and you guys probably see it too, how many people are unclear in what they do or even what they should do or what they could do. And that's the number one thing that if I can get on a phone call with someone for 30 minutes, I can read their label. You know, I love that phrase. You can't read the label of the bottle you're in, right? So sometimes it's tough (laughs) for us to define who we are, what we should be doing, but to get clarity, sometimes it has to come externally, right? But you need to get that fast. No matter what happens, you have to get clarity. So within 30 minutes, I could tell someone, it's just a skill I've developed is who you are, who you should target, what you should charge, what should your headline be? What's the pricing? How does it, how is it fulfilled? And get clear on that as soon as you possibly can, because the rest of your business growth really depends on that. And once you're confirmed, wow, that makes total sense. I know what to do. Then moving quickly into that, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. It's going to happen inevitably. So make mistakes sooner, make mistakes as fast as you can, because then you get them off your plate, right? It's going to happen no matter what. So don't avoid mistakes by moving slowly, right? It just is going to slow the curve. But those two things I think are the biggest movers in terms of people radically scaling. Oh, I just love that response. I love everything about our conversation today because my greatest passion is my family. My greatest passion is seeing other entrepreneurs have thriving marriage, thriving family, thriving business. And our conversation today has been nothing but boundaries and taking care of our family. And that's a space that I love to play. And that's been something that's so important to me. Jordan, we certainly appreciate you joining us today. How can the listeners work with you? As far as DropFunnels is concerned, you can go to DropFunnels.com and there's a, a free trial for the software. If two kind of options, one is you can 
grab the software and go build on your own kind of the DIY approach and go run with it. Um, it's usually pretty good if you're good at design, you know what you want to do and you have a game plan for that. Um, the other option is what we call our, our, this is actually brand new at launch last month. Uh, it's called the partner program. It's where we literally just set everything up for you and then coach you uh, and support you throughout the growth of your journey. So there's kind of those two options for people. But if anyone has questions, might I'd be happy to just give my personal email. It's jordan at dropfunnels.com. And would just be happy to encourage anyone or answer a question if they have that and just make that available to your listeners. Well, that is an incredible offer. And I know the conversation that we had before this, Jordan is incredible. The work that he's doing is going to be life-changing. And as you start to get things in order for your family, for your current business, or to scale and grow with a team, your family really can have a life they desire now. You can have tremendous things. So I challenge each of you to really spend some time, get some clarity. What do you and your family want that desires? What is your family vision? And then go hard and attacking that, that vision. So Jordan, we appreciate your time and we're so grateful for you joining us. You shared a lot of great knowledge that I will implement and I recommend that those who listen implement quickly as well and watch your business grow. So Jordan, appreciate that, your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure, thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. Be sure to click subscribe right now. And we would love it if you could do us a quick favor. Please rate and review our podcast. This will help other entrepreneurs who want to strengthen their marriage and business find our content. To schedule a call, go to ourfamilystrong.best and join us on the inside at our free Facebook group, Strong Business, Stronger Marriage. Join us next time on Strong Business, Stronger Marriage.